Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hello, welcome to episode 57 of Broken Records, the impossible task of following Chinese democracy last week, Um, (laughs) falls to episode 57. I'm Stephen Hill, this is the podcast where we search for the worst album ever made in the history of music, and as ever, I am joined by my co-host and compadre in crap, uh, Renfrey Dedman. How are you, Renfrey? You alright? Yeah, I'm alright. I don't feel as overwhelmed this week. Um, as I did last week, because as you pointed out last week, we did a very long episode, almost two and a half hours on Chinese yeah. democracy. Um, and there was so much background to go into for that record. Um, so this one's been comparatively easy, hasn't it? Mm. I would say. It has. It feels like sort of end of term, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. feels yeah. a little yeah. bit like, oh, good. We've got something that we can just kind of breezily breeze through um we are obviously as i said at the start of the show we're looking for the worst album ever made in the history of music if you did come and listen to our chinese democracy two and a half hour long mammoth special last week thank you very much cheers for not punishing us too much Mm. for unranking the records and not being able to find a place for it because it was it was a lot i mean if you listen to the episode I'm, i'm definitely i've spent way too long talking about chinese democracy over the last week or so and thinking about chinese democracy i'm not going to talk about it anymore but thank you for listening and um i'm glad you enjoyed it we kind of got away with managing to do it and then not even rank it at the end which i think is yeah. quite 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 the achievement and quite a letdown but again feels quite apt for chinese democracy to wait that long for an outcome and to not actually get it uh anyway look all the records that we have that we feature on this program are featured and are compiled from a list that we have in the hat the hat full of shit which is right there next to me and it is um they're compiled from their reputation their critical standing there's actually some batteries in the hat oh i'm gonna take them out what are they doing in there eh? i don't know i just moved to just cleaning up the other day i obviously dropped some batteries in the hat I want to review a ba- that'd be a short episode mind you ba- a battery would still be a better album than a- at least 10 of the records we've done i would say a battery Just would a battery. have a battery would have more sexual tension and electrical charge than this record certainly <laughs> fucking hell oh straight in um so they are featured these albums from their reputation your suggestion the critical standing the fan reaction the context surrounding the record um this week we're going to be talking about baptism by Lenny Kravitz, the seventh studio album from the hard funk guitarist, released on the 18th of May 2004. Before we get into that record, I will run down the flop 20, the 20 worst records that we have featured on the podcast thus far. And they go like this. Number 20, The Truth Is by Theory of a Dead Man. Number 19, Louis XIV, Slick Dogs and Ponies, followed by Queen and Paul Rogers, The Cosmos Rocks. Fucking hell. That's getting an early mention now, isn't it? Isn't God, it's been insane. some rubbish that's mm. been added to it. Richard Ashcroft with the United Nations of Sound follows Mr. Blobby, the album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the original soundtrack. Eog and Quig by Eog and Quig is uh, 
still in there, hanging in the top 20. Even that feels, that feels scandalously high. I think that was... <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I think that was number two when we originally placed it, wasn't it? It was quite, it was yeah, very it was. early on, but it yeah. was, yeah, and it's down to 14. I think it was the third record we did, actually. Um, yeah. Six Feet Under, Graveyard Classics, Volume 2, Towers of London, Blood, Sweat and Towers, a former number one. Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice, Cut the Clap, the Clap. Cut the crap by The Clash Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman Philosophy of the World by The Shags Total Zanarchy by Little Zan Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem The True Symphonic Orchestra with the Concerto in True Minor Someone tweeted us about that the other day and (laughs) people who listened to that also listened to like Frontera and Fornlins so I feel like we've had something of an impact on the popularity I'm glad we've brought that record to a whole new audience yeah. is what I should say um, uh, Uncle Cracker's Double Wide is number three Crazy Frogs Crazy Hits is number two still number one Broken Side I'm not a fan but the kids like it and above that I've actually put Unranked Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses so I think I should give that a shout out every week don't you yeah I should do anyway let's get on with it Lenny Kravitz Baptism the 18th of May 2004 7th album from Lenny Kravitz who many of you may know from being Lenny Kravitz. Now, when I was um, quite young and first getting into rock music, I was well aware of Lenny Kravitz because, you know, I was I was a young person first t- taking my tentative steps into the world of guitar music when Lenny Kravitz was sort of big. And um, I thought, I remember being, oh, this quite good he's got some good songs my mama said a skibber dude because i'm always on the run that's a fucking great song right yeah 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 yeah. too Um, many tears i cried keep the pain alive that's a great song sure sure and Um, then i gotta go my way of course is a is a big one as well brilliant song great song i was always sort of under the impression that i was a casual lenny kravitz 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 fan um because the singles that were released and became really really big even fly away I quite like you know even though it's quite throwaway but old, someone likes Vodafone adverts <laughs> yes exactly um <laughs> but the singles that I'd hear you know I tended to at least like all of them and I could hear you know the huge Jimi Hendrix influence in his playing and I loved the fact that he was bringing that into a relatively mainstream commercial space let's say um and i thought he was great and then six months ago would be my guess our good friends on pop collaborate and listen did um is it cool did. You, is it cool the album. are you gonna go I'm gonna my, go way? my way yeah yeah, yeah. And I realised that I'd never actually listened to it. I thought I owned that album, but actually I have uh, Lenny Kravitz's Greatest Hits, which of course is really good because that's all you need. Um, But uh, the record itself, I was completely blown away by how pompous and self-effacing and blown out of proportion and syrupy that album was. And I listened to the podcast. I love this, Renfrey. I love this because... If only I had known... This is exactly how I was going to start it. People hate Lenny Kravitz. When I was a kid, I just was going, bang, 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 yeah. my mama said. And I was like, oh, he's, he's great without actually listening to any of the records. Yeah. And then th- people in the rock world, they fucking hate him. Yeah. They hate him. People hate Lenny Kravitz. They really hate him. 
But I'm only beginning to realise why in the last six months or so, because I actually settled down and after listening to the podcast, listened to the record. And it's really Mm. boring and bloated. And that is the album. I'm sure that is his big album, right? That's his black album, right? I've got some I've got some I've got some stats here. So Lenny Kravitz. Uh, Seymour Cy Kravitz was a jazz producer, and that is Nelly Kravitz's father. He used to bring Duke Ellington and Miles Davis into the Kravitz household nice. when Lenny was a young boy. Um, so he obviously was in a place where he listened to a lot of music, he was exposed to a lot of music, and he had a musical family, a background of, you know, kind of, of musicians in his life. Ergo, um, he was probably quite well set up to be part of the music industry and the thing with Lenny Kravitz I think when you hear people kind of or when you hear him defend why people don't like him and his kind of riposte to that it is usually like oh I'm too black for the rock audience but I'm too white for the black audience that appears to be Lenny Kravitz kind of go-to position on why people don't like him doesn't seem to be a problem for Slash doesn't seem to be a problem for Slash, although Slash is surrounded by lots of nice, um, safe white, white men, isn't he? If, if, if we're going to be... Well, no, not safe, as, as discussed last week. Uh, probably not. Um, but, but but Slash is, you know, a member of... Like, Whereas Lenny Kravitz. And I was like, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is probably some elements of certain parts of the United States of America, uh, particularly mm-hmm. down south, maybe. Um, who might feel that to be the case where they're like, well, we don't, you know, don't need this. Um, but then also, Lenny, your music's quite boring, isn't it? Like, for the most part, I think, you know, it, it was probably, um, there was a Kerrang, I'll get to the Kerrang review, but you asked about the big album, some stats. Second album, Mama Said, um, which I just sang, that's yeah. not actually the title track, but it's, got the words my mama said on it so i'm mm-hmm. gonna call it the title track even though it's actually called always on the run but like when uh richard bowman at my school you know that song uh on a ragged tip you remember that yeah by day by day by well by day that came on at a school disco and we stood outside and richard bowman went oh my god they're playing um bar day it's like that's not what it's called <laughs> mate it's not called um bar day <laughs> it's called on a ragged tip um bar day and i've probably told you about my mate martin ack who thought don't stop me now was called rocking on a rocket ship all the way to mars <laughs> That's not what it's called. Don't stop me now. No, no, you know, rocking on a rocket ship all the way to Mars. Yeah, don't stop me now. No, you know, don't stop me now. I'm rocking on a rocket ship all the way to Mars. That's not what it... You said the actual title before you said the lyric that you've invented, you fucking idiot. And now you're saying that's what it's called. Anyway, Mama Said sold 1.7 million copies in the United States of America. Not bad. On his second album, 1981. Not bad. Are You Gonna Go My Way, even bigger hit, 1993, has that song in it with the big guitar riff, which Remy will do now. He's never getting on Nevermind the Buzzcocks, is he, this guy? I thought I did pretty well. I thought that was I thought, Well, I'd know what it was. Yeah, I suppose I would know what it was. That is a great riff, isn't it? Like it that, is. If someone told me Jimi Hendrix wrote that, I'd believe them. Like that. Like, it is total... Hendrix yeah. worship. And then you'd buy some magic beans off him, you fucking gullible <laughs> prick. Uh, but I, I, I think that is worthy of the Jimmy, that riff, not the song. Yeah. I think the riff is worthy of the Jimi Hendrix canon. I think it's a great It's riff. a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. Right? It's a good yeah. song. It is a good song. It's my, of the three that I've sang, it's my least favourite of the three, I have to say. Ooh. 
Always on the Run's my, the one I would go back to. I think that's a great song. Um, it's got Slash on it, has it? Not. What, are you going to go my way? Um, no, Always on the Run. Um, oh, yeah. Slash is on two, I think, songs from that record. Okay. Don't. Yeah, well, I'm glad you've put me on. I don't know. But that piqued my interest in Lenny Kravitz yeah. growing up as well. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, that went to number one in the UK, which is pretty big. It meant that it got. A whole episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen dedicated to it, which is big news. Which is very much... <laughs> that's, that's what the that's Lenny Kravitz camp was what everybody about. in the 90s was delighted. They go, now I'll tell you, in, in 25 years, <laughs> some guys are going to sit down and discuss how much they don't like this record. <laughs> and annihilate our album. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is um, well worth What an honour. It is, always, always. Yeah. Uh, went number one in the UK chart, went twice platinum in the US, sold a massive 2,162,000 copies just in the US alone. Wow. Which is pretty that's, good, right? Yeah. So that's big things for Lenny Kravitz. And he was basically doing his best, I think, when you look back at it, to be Jimi Hendrix and Prince at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's accurate. Which is fairly ambitious. Very ambitious. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it was the late 90s where I started going, I don't know about this guy. Because obviously at that point, I was properly sort of into... Um, I don't want to say proper rock music, but you know, I started getting more into like more underground, yeah, more kind of authentic-y rock music, I guess you you could say. Mm. Uh, and when Fly, you know, the Virgin Mobile advert, mm. an American woman, yeah, I hadn't really thought about him for a while, Lenny Kravitz, and suddenly he was back in the charts on the telly again, and I thought, uh, this guy's quite crap, actually, isn't he? <laughs> It's a bit crap. And it was all a bit like, oh, look at me. I'm a big rock star. I'm such a bloody rock star. And it all looked a bit forced. And especially at the time when that sort of thing in the mid to late 90s was looking very dated, dated, wasn't it? It was very dated. This kind of retro rock thing was not cool at that period. And Lenny looked quite dated. And there was a Kerrang review. He supported Aerosmith at Wembley Stadium. I believe the bill was... Aerosmith, Lenny Kravitz, the Black Crows, somebody else, and Three Colours Red opening. Sounds all right. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Who was that? And it's annoying me that I can't remember who the fourth band were. Tool. No, it wasn't Tool. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't Tool. Was it L? It couldn't have been L7. That was Venom Prison. Machine. It wasn't Venom Prison, <laughs> Renfrey. If you're not going to help, like... Uh, I could look it up, couldn't I? Or I could just try really hard to remember. Nah, well, I think we to... can move on. I think we're good. We know it's Venom. Nah, I don't think we're gonna. I want to remember. I'm gonna keep. I'll be thinking about it for that whole episode now. Lovely. Anyway, <laughs> but um, I, I was, I guess, a bit more of a snobby kid. But Kerrang did go. Here comes fucking Lenny Kravitz. Nah, 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 nah. What a prick. All He's right. shit. Well, oh, God, look at him. Trying to be Jimi Hendrix. Trying to be Prince. What a sappy load of old crap. What a fucking arsehole. And they savaged him. I think they gave him 1K. Huh. Absolutely savaged him. Stereophonics. Okay. I think it was Stereophonics. Um, and it's as weird as Venom Prison. I don't think it is. I suppose uh, Then they had two albums out. Then they were still thought of as a rock band. Uh, more of a rock band. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. And people were really... Um, 
from sort of the Kerrang scene he was never in Kerrang he was never interviewed by Kerrang I don't think he was reviewed and suddenly they reviewed him live and they were like fuck off mate you're crap Hmm. yeah no that is a good point actually he wasn't really in Kerrang and I probably wouldn't have even noticed it at the time but um, that is a bit of a uh, is it an odd I mean when you listen to the records it isn't an odd omission but from the singles it sounds like an odd odd omission basically for whatever reason he stuffs I mean I've only listened to two Lenny Kravitz albums to be fair but he seems to stuff his albums his uh, his album tracks with syrupy filler shite <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly how it is on the two records that i've listened to so mm. gonna, yeah. it were um by the way guys stereophonics actually played above the black rose <laughs> i've just looked it up let it Sorry. go let it i'm go. not gonna let it go i've got it right i remembered it and i checked it and i got it right Brilliant. anyway but yeah you're right he 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 there's a few people who were like the world were going i'm a massive rock star and kerrang were like no we're not let even gonna go cover you i'm afraid and lenny kravitz was definitely definitely one of those people like i remember i remember sort of being a bit when i was younger i didn't really sort of understand so much i was a bit like why why aren't kerrang covering oasis mm. as my in the early years of me buying it i was like you never see oasis in kerrang mm. of course now i know that would have been silly yeah it would have seemed odd for them to cover a band like Oasis. Although they they did put Prince on the front cover of Kerrang back in the eighties, didn't they? Quite yeah. controversially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, all magazines sort of shift their identity subtly mm. all the time, don't they? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Metal Hammer used to just cover proper metal bands like A and Feeder and <laughs> My Chemical Romance. Not like now when they're putting <laughs> Wattani. <laughs> <laughs> on the front cover. Uh, well, anyway, Bullet for my, val- Bullet for my Valentine. Bullet for my Valentine are currently <laughs> currently on the front cover, so I had to like dial that in a little bit. Um, anyway, so in two thousand one, so basically, I think in the nineties, I started listening to rock music, and you can kind of sum up my journey of listening to rock music by going at the start of the nineties. I went, oh yeah, Lenny Kravitz seems good, and by the end, being like, fuck off, Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yep. How about you? Is that fair? Well, well you, that, you don't know, do you? No, that, no, that wasn't really my that wasn't my thoughts on it until I don't think I've ever been like fuck you, Lenny Kravitz. I mean, I I'm perfectly happy for him to exist um, and to release music, but I don't particularly want to listen to it, especially based on this album. Fuck me. Yeah. Anyway, by 2001, Lenny Kravitz's sixth album, Lenny. He was obviously a legitimate, massive, massive rock star because he had won his fourth consecutive male rock vocal performance in 2002 for the song dig from the album lenny so four years on the trot lenny kravitz won best male rock vocal performance at the grammys is that a mud fame uh... cover <laughs> yeah yeah oh that would be good wouldn't it because you'd like to like to hear lenny kravitz can you attempt because we know you can do Mudvayne dig but can you attempt to do an impression of lenny kravitz singing dig by Mudvayne? no come on no no how would that even go well i don't to, i I, I can't even conceive what that might sound like <laughs> and i feel that it would be very disappointing for our listeners uh if i just do it and i'm just like doing a kind of sexy version of like <laughs> 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 yeah. what second on a type rob i don't like no one needs to hear that <laughs> no one needs to hear that That's anyway good. um 
Yeah, he's massive. Lenny Kravitz, 2001 with that album coming out. 2002, look at that, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. Huge years for rock music. Huge, huge years for rock music when, you know, we talk about the, the commercial boom periods of new metal and I guess pop punk as well and how big that was. How many stars we produced around that period. Lenny Kravitz, not Green Day, not Blink-182, not Linkin Park. Not Limp Biscuit. It's fucking Lenny Kravitz was picking up all the Grammys. So he's a big fucking deal with, you know, I guess the sort of the housewife's choice of uh, of rock star. Housewives, housewives who wear leather on the weekends. Oh, no, <laughs> now, we're, to- now no, we're talking. No, no, that's an M way. <laughs> they just they wear leather, but only on the yeah. weekends. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um in 2001 rolling stones mark siegler made a photo book of lenny kravitz so just pictures of lenny kravitz was a book imagine being big enough to just just be pictures of you a whole book and it's just your face over and over and over again is that a, is usually reserved for other i don't know like models beautiful even, people even i mean models. he's a very good looking man isn't lenny he? kravitz is a very good looking man yeah and a fine specimen of a human being and we've all seen his dongle uh and it's Have we? <laughs> do you not remember this i was wondering if this is going to come up something how, how have you seen his cock and you've not seen his scarf <laughs> rimfrey hasn't seen lenny kravitz scarf but he's seen his cock. Everyone's seen his <laughs> there scarf. Was, there he? was a story five, six, seven years ago. He was on stage and his trousers ripped. And I was going to say, I was going to say, little Lenny, but quite baby's arm, <laughs> Lenny, medium-sized Lenny. It was, yeah, you know. And the stories, rather than being ha ha, Lenny Kravitz's cock came out accidentally on stage. It was generally Lenny Kravitz has got a big knob, hasn't he? I mean, I mean, Google it. I don't know what I was doing. I'm not Googling Lenny Kravitz <laughs> cock. Fine, I'll do it. Hold on. No, 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 Renfrey. You don't need to do this. This is jumping around the timeline quite a lot. But no, but, but this is... Look, Lenny Kravitz is... There's a video footage here. Lenny Kravitz is penis exposed after splitting pants on stage. Whoa, that's coming through really loud. Apologies for that. Um, I, <laughs> a bit like Lenny Kravitz cock. <laughs> I'm sending it to you right now. You should. It's. It's like. It's like very, very, very short. You should. You should watch it. We should get a live reaction. That's that's not what you said a minute ago. You change your tune. (laughs) (laughs) This this is very fucking with Mrs. Slocum's pussy. This part of the podcast. I apologise. Oh no, Um, I don't know if it has actual footage of of his member. That's annoying. Uh, I will watch it live while we're doing it. This is like two girls, one cup, which I never watched. This isn't. This actually is not the right thing. Annoyingly, um, let me find. Oh, it's an entertainment. It's one thing. of those oh, no, I'm not bollocks things. Re- yeah, this is not good, Renfrey. <laughs> oh, I know. This is not good in an audio medium. <laughs> you trying to find a video of a man's cock falling out? Hold on, to hold send on. to me to watch. I think I have it. I think I have it. I think oh, I have it. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> this is this is worth it. I'll do minor cuts. Is it? I, it is. It's it's uh, this this is definitely it. I'm sure this is okay. it. Okay. Okay. I mean. No message. Oh god! A- I wish my computer wasn't so slow, and this would maybe be slightly less awkward than it is. But uh, all right, here it comes. I mean, Thirty seconds. It's blurred quite significantly, so you can't see. 
<laughs> this and has been a waste of time. His I backing to... dancers, his backing dancers are um, doing some stuff, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're having a great time. I think. Uh, no, so maybe he bent over. That, 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 they blurred it out. <laughs> What a fucking waste of time. What an absolute fucking waste of time. Like, one... Do you know what? I'm going to put... I'm going to explain to you. I know everyone listening is like, this is a... You're right. It is a waste of time. You don't need to explain why. But listeners, I'm going to point out, just so you don't behave, keep behaving like this, right? It's a waste of time because, one, we... The people listening can Google it themselves if they want, if they really, really want to, right? It's got nothing to do with the album that we're talking about or, like, this period of Lenny Kravitz's career at all. Me watching a video of somebody's cock coming out during the podcast is of absolutely no fucking value to the podcast whatsoever. And four, the video you sent, you can't even see it. And I don't really need or want to see it anyway. So I'm kind of glad, but I'm also annoyed. And now I feel like I... And now I'm coming across as the sort of person who's annoyed that they've not seen a cock. <laughs> That's the conclusion that everyone is coming to. Um, yeah. yeah oh, I, I'm really annoyed. I clicked on a video and I didn't see another man's cock. I am furious. I'm livid. I'm furious. I'm, I'm not that... Apologise kind of profusely person. to everyone listening. It was a phenomenal, colossal waste of time. <laughs> keep it in, though, definitely. Yeah, we'll keep it in. Okay, good. Um, he appeared on Jay-Z's The Blueprint 2 album in 2002. He played on the song Guns and Roses. Did you listen to that, Renfrey? No, I didn't know that. No, you didn't know that. No, you were Googling his cock, but you didn't actually bother <laughs> listening to any of the music that he might have made around this period for context. I've listened to this no? entire record. I've listened to yeah. all 54 minutes of baptism. Me too. Mm-hmm. So I've done done my duty. You have, yeah, okay. Uh, it's, a, it's all right. It's all right. He also appeared alongside P. Diddy and Pharrell and someone else who can't remember the guy's name and he's not famous either i think uh on the song show me your soul from the bad boys 2 soundtrack i watched a video for this it's a good thing it wasn't called show me your cock <laughs> yeah because they'd go we, we can't do that now. <laughs> um so the video for this is definitely worth watching because it's him and p diddy sat in a limo and a load of naked people to just start dancing around the, around the limo. That's but they don't get out. They don't get out because they're too famous and big and important to too actually. Cool. It's like, yeah, you can rub against our limo, hmm. but not against us. Too cool we for are naked flesh. P. Diddy and Lenny Kravitz, right? Hmm. We're better than them. Yeah. He, um, he pulls his shirt. He looks into the camera and he pulls his shirt down and says, get naked, strip down to your soul. Which I'm not, I don't know how one, that's really naked. I don't know how you do that. No, I don't know how you do that. It's in a sort of James Brown voice. I get naked, spit daddy's soul. <laughs> um, well, Lenny. I'll, I'll try and do anything uttered to me in a James Brown voice. So Good, yeah. well. Uh, then he gets on top of the car with his guitar and he sort of twerks on the guitar while pu- in the background while Puff Daddy is doing his, or, or Diddy, I think he was at this point, is doing his, um, is doing his sort of his rap, is doing the rap singing into the into you know, the, the camera, around, into the camera, and Lenny is behind it. I don't really. How can I put this any better? He's basically dry humping his guitar while stood on top oh, of yeah. a limo. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a bit much. And still, then at least they get out of the car and they set up on the stage and they're all wearing suits and. They perform, and Lenny doesn't play his guitar 
at all. There is a guitar riff going on, but he's got the guitar, but he's just sort of rubbing his crotch with the guitar oh. and shouting and singing. Oh. And it's all the and it's and then it's lots of kind of scantily clad ladies and Pharrell and and Diddy and Lenny Kravitz and they're just sort of like jive. You know when have you ever seen a dog? <laughs> I've seen a dog have, sort of trying to hump someone and you pull it off and the dog sort of humps the air. Have you ever seen that? You know, and you're like, get off, you dirty dog. And the dog carries on like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? They basically do that for like four minutes. But Lenny does it on a guitar. You're like, get down, bad dog, naughty dog. That would be quite funny if and someone... Get him, go and get P. Diddy spayed afterwards. <laughs> If someone cleverer than us could get that video and uh, edit out the guitar, that could be quite an amazing video, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> um, you know, it's a big, early noughties, OTT, bloated, kind of super, aren't guitar, we all rock stars? Sex orgy. Sex yeah. orgy, hip-hop, bling-encrusted video from the time and it looks really fucking ridiculous now yeah. to be perfectly honest and the songs aren't very good either uh, he was in The Simpsons in 2002 Lenny Kravitz mm. that's big as well he also released an anti-Iraq war song on download only in 2003 called We Want Peace it reached number one on the world internet chart I think we should bring that chart back the world <laughs> internet chart <laughs> That that okay. It was a chart. It was a chart. The world internet mm. chart. Uh, it sounds like a sort of hippie version of Love Roller Coaster by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, or Roller Coaster of Love, I should say. Um, it's a lot. Of, there's a lot. Of, Red Hot Chili Peppers are going to come out quite a lot on this, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he also appeared on an ERD's second album, Fly or Die. He was doing rather well in 2001. Also, he was dating the Brazilian model Adriana Lima. They're engaged in 2002. They split in 2003. He briefly dated Nicole Kidman in the aftermath of this, and they split in 2004. So Lenny Kravitz, I'm telling you all of this because Lenny Kravitz is living the rock star lifestyle, right? He's making big, sexy hip-hop videos with Puff Daddy. He's dating Brazilian models and A-list Hollywood actresses. He's on The Simpsons. He's got Grammys coming out of his leather trousers, Amongst other things, uh, he's he's got a f- book of pictures of his face, which is available to be released publicly <laughs> in the public domain. Just here is a book. It's for two hundred pages. Every page is my face. <laughs> Every page is just my face because I'm such a big rock star. Yeah, but is it making him happy, Renfrey? <laughs> <laughs> Is that satisfying, Lenny Kravitz? That is the question. This is what we're all building up to. Um, Which is where we come to with baptism. Uh, Initially, Kravitz decided he wanted to make a funk album. And he was going to call the funk album the funk album. (laughs) Which is a little bit like what if you said to your three-year-old nephew, I'm making a funk album. What should I call it? the funk album oh that's a good idea yeah it's not very imaginative it's not is it no um but he picked up an acoustic guitar and he says that songs started to flow out of him so he decided to make a more straightforward rock album instead um the storm he brought jay-z back in he said it was very nice of him to reciprocate and be on my record after he had appeared on the jay-z album uh 
that song was originally titled We Can't Make It Another Day. Did you know this? It was recorded with Michael Jackson. Oh, yes. No, I did read that somewhere. Yeah. Is that version available? It is. It was released on the 2010 posthumous Michael Jackson album, Michael. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Um, I, didn't I can't believe you'd record a song with Michael Jackson and go, oh, I might not use that. <laughs> Mad, uh, I mean, there could and be, then, there could be a million, then, like it could be some something in Michael Jackson's estate, like not releasing it or something. Like that. I mean, there could be a million reasons to be fair. Well, maybe, mm. but you did go. I might. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to get Jay Z in instead. Mm. That seems like quite. That a feels like dramatic a, shift. It does, doesn't it? I mean, I mm. suppose Michael Jackson was sort of considered damaged goods around this time, wasn't he? It was a True. bit of a difficult thing to get. But I do think you know you've got probably the biggest pop star in the history of music ever appearing on one of your songs to your album and you're just going to go like nah I'm going to get Beyonce's boyfriend instead that is incredibly disrespectful to Jay-Z who's brilliant obviously um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, he's not I, Michael Jackson I mean I, I I think the mood around Jackson at this time probably was bad enough yeah. to warrant that so he'd also released that album hadn't he his last album Blood, uh, it's not Blood on the Dance Floor what's the last Invincible, Invincible? Mm. which didn't really it's do anything crap. and he did that video where he had his face covered up on it yeah like, here's my hat I put my hat on there yeah it's a re- really walking out re- have you ever listened to that record that could, yeah yeah that, of course it, it should probably be in Broken Records I don't like, think it is is it well I think we could yeah we could come, we, we could, could add that I mean could. fuck we me we'll, we'll get oh, have you seen Michael Jackson fans on Twitter they are oh finishers. yeah 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 oh they're nasty yeah <laughs> really nasty <laughs> yeah could be asked with them yeah, really. I think we got a bit of flack when we talked about Finding Neverland um, from some of them for some reason. I can't. Really I didn't. That. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's fine. All right, he's no. You're right. I, look, I love. I love Michael Jackson's music, and he seems like a real down to earth guy. So um, <laughs> continue. Uh, Lenny Kravitz played most instruments on the album. In fact, I actually have the uh, the, the list of stuff that he played on the album here and he does do a lot of stuff to be fair to him vocals electric guitar acoustic guitar bass guitar drums piano hand claps very important moog synthesizers and mellotron timpani hammond organ and woodblock synthesizer and string arrangements it's a lot of stuff it's a lot of stuff mm. a lot mm. of blame to be put onto one person <laughs> yeah, like. exactly so when we come to talk about it <laughs> There really is only and one guy. Like, oh, it's not Lenny's fault, the, the production. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, uh, he played most instruments on the album and was inspired by what he calls rather vaguely uh, spirituality. He said, we live in a spiritual world and spirituality has been an important part of my growth. When I made this record, I was right in the middle of that. I don't know what that means. No, I have no idea. Mm. it's weird actually because considering the size of the artist and we've just explained all this stuff about Lenny Kravitz and how big he was and what kind of big deal he was at this period in time and blah 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 considering the size of the artist there is precious little in the way of information regarding this record we know it's a spiritual album we know it was initially going to be a funk album and it's definitely some kind of backlash against the corporate nature of fame and the grandiose lavish lifestyle that he was leading but that is it really in terms of mm. interviews from the time there's not a lot but i did find an interview from the scotsman in 2012 when he was um i can't remember what album he was 
promoting at the time, but he was promoting an album. And he was asked, having been in the music industry for, you know, at that point, 20 something odd years, how easy it is to find his drive and to continue having drive to make records. And quite tellingly, he said this, I'm more hungry now than I was when I first started. There was a period of time for a couple of years when I wasn't sure. It started when I made the Baptism album. There's a lot of subject matter on that record where I'm questioning my life and what I'm doing. I was a little thrown off and I had to find that place again. Which is interesting to hear him kind of reflect on the album like that years after the release of it. Because, well, I mean, you can kind of hear that a little bit, right? Mm. You can hear that for sure. But at the time... There's not really a lot of information about what he was thinking or doing at the time other than these kind of vague hints towards, oh, it's an, an album about spirituality, which doesn't really mean anything. There's nothing mm. kind of concrete or quantifiable that you can actually kind of pinpoint this album towards being or, or meaning or why it exists. No, and certainly when we get into the record itself, I mean, it feels very, very surface level indeed. Um, It kind of has that feeling. I mean, this is, you know, slightly conjecture, but just considering how much of a Lenny Kravitz project it is and the fact that he is all over the album and the rest of the musicians on the track, like it, it looks like something that he could have been doing completely on his own he produced it as well so it's almost as if he locked himself away maybe because he need he felt like he needed to be on his own to go through this sort of spiritual awakening spiritual journey whatever the hell it is um but i don't know maybe that maybe that was a very um important exercise for lenny kravitz personally to do but that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to hear the results it's i guess you could like see it in a in a sense as a st anger type of thing that's a record mm-hmm. that metallica needed to make and i mean never have been heard by anyone well i i, I mean st anger is a fuckload better than this uh <laughs> you know um but yeah i mean I'm, I'm not sure if we really needed the whole thing um but sometimes you get records which where it feels like it's more important to the people making it than it is to you know that that like it, it, it's a hurdle that has to be got over in order for them to continue so maybe that's what it was referring to i don't know well let's see what the critics said um let's go to the reviews the album has a score of 43 out of 100 on metacritic rolling stone gave it three stars saying lenny kravitz is turning 40 and baptism his seventh album reflects the approach and passing of that milestone the exuberant california looks back to the joys and pure motivations of youth and what did i do with my life and the other side are chilled by the creeping awareness of mortality destiny the ballad that concludes the album brings acceptance if i threw it all away would i change it no i would live my life again rearranged and then there's rock and and then there's always rock and roll the faith into which lenny kravitz is born again on baptism his belief in the music has never wavered he even opens this album with a song called minister of rock and roll i mean i can't say that album without sneer and that song the title of that song without sneering but we'll get into that in a minute but somewhere along the line in his career he fully absorbed the pantheon of 60s and 70s influences and began to sound like no one but himself hmm. Mojo gave it one star, saying, tired and contrived sounding baptism, craptism more like, which sounds like something (laughs) I'd say, Uh, hence I fully endorse it. Uh, The New York Times gave it three out of ten, saying, the songwriting is often bland and the singing generally charmless. Q gave it three stars, saying, crass, 
brash, open freeway excess at its best, if only he didn't spend half the album apologising for them. Entertainment Weekly gave it three stars as well, saying anyone else offering up such hokum would do so with their tongue fairly deep in cheek, not Lenny Kravitz. Uh, Slant Magazine gave it a bit of a kick in in their one star review saying incense and polyester gets stale after a while unless you're lenny kravitz his highly stylized brand of retro rock has always been a guilty pleasure even though it's been largely hit or miss but with baptism kravitz seventh album it's become sad and limp like a wet leftover noodle or a stash gone bad he should just do a cover album and be done with it after all 1999's american woman is the best thing he's done in years what's worse Kravitz is out for redemption this time around, or maybe even a little absolution. Just listen to him whine figuratively and literally through I Don't Want to Be a Star, which features the most irritating of hooks ever put to CD, or should I say tape, or the condescending flash in which he seemingly mocks his fellow red carpenters for relishing the spotlight. Um, All Music gave it one and a half stars, saying... To some, listening to Lenny Kravitz has always been a bit of a guilty pleasure, but rarely has listening to one of his albums induced overwhelming feelings of guilt as it does in his seventh album, Baptism. Guilt that you took him for granted, not acknowledging the craft behind his best singles. Guilt that you thought he couldn't be as nondescript as he was on Fly. Guilt that you thought he couldn't sink any lower than Circus. Or maybe it would just be a flush of angry guilt that you've wasted 55 minutes of precious time listening to an album that betrays all the faith you've ever had in Kravitz as a retro rock revivalist. Uh, It landed at number 14 on the US Billboard Top 200. It went to number 74 on the UK album charts. No wonder we haven't heard of it because this was the point where I was like, I don't remember that. All those other albums, I've, I'm always like, oh, I remember the cover, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Last week, didn't remember the cover at all. No. Um, it did manage to go to top 10 in Germany where it charted at number two, which is the highest charting position that it managed. Wow. Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Holland, Finland, France, Italy, Portugal, and Switzerland were the other countries that it managed to go top ten in. It's gone gold in the US with sales of 551,000 copies, which considering we were talking about the success of uh, a, a double platinum plus album in Are You Gonna mm-hmm. Go My Way mm-hmm. kind of ten years previously, feels like a little bit of a drop-off, particularly mm-hmm. when, you know, this was the period when the music industry was still able to sell you a lot of product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gone platinum in Austria. That's 30,000 copies. Gold in Argentina, Canada, Germany, and Switzerland. But in terms of it being any kind of commercial smash, it clearly, in comparison to his other records, is very much not. Mm. Um, so there you go. There's all the facts and figures and other opinions. But Renfrey, what do you think? about baptism by lenny kravitz um in terms of the music itself i don't think there's an awful lot to say about this record because really the majority of it is just really boring and ponderous um really really dull it's 13 songs 54 minutes it feels like a really long hour really really long um i think most of the songs you can get within a verse and a chorus and then you don't want to listen to them again as a matter of fact um we i we we took we had a call on the phone and then we were like oh okay we'll meet up on zoom in 20 minutes time and i listened mm. to the whole record just listening to the first verse and chorus and i felt like i pretty much had listened to the entire album but in about 18 minutes um so the songs don't really develop 
beyond the initial relatively poor idea of most of them. I think even the rockers, and I'm very much putting rockers in quotation marks here, uh, like Lady and California, um, they just sound lazy and tired. Um, Lady sounds like something off of the Razorlight record. It's yeah. that thin, but except yeah. it's instead of it, Johnny Burrell going, oh, a camp in town. It's got Lenny Kravitz going, oh, yeah, over the top of it. And I think I'm not sure which one of those two things I hate more. I'll be honest, I find Razorlight more annoying. But yeah. I find I think this what more... I what I just did was more annoying when I did Razor Light. <laughs> but I find this more boring. So that's kind of mm. the toss up that you're you're looking at there. Um And then when he's not trying to rock, and actually most of the time when he tries to rock, it feels like he's just listened to every Red Hot Chili Peppers album from Californication onwards and gone, I'm gonna try and do that <laughs> which you know, I mean, I actually like some of that stuff, and even I don't think that's a great blueprint to work off of. Um, when it isn't trying to be rocky, you've just got lots of really sappy, syrupy, sentimental bullshit. Like, and they go from one to the, it's like the dynamics of it is like it's this is what I'm sorry to jump in, oh, but sorry. this is what I find the most annoying thing about this record is. There are two things, but I find both of them kind of boring and both of them quite annoying. Yeah. It's not every song on this isn't terrible. We'll probably get to some highlights and lowlights in a little bit. But I either am thinking, Lenny, you're, it, you're a big old rock star. It's fine. Stop moaning about it. Or, Lenny, get your dick out of my face. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right? Yeah. Minister of Rock and Roll, the oh, opening song. Yeah. I mean, musically, it's not great. It's, it's terrible. A fairly decent enough kind of soft rock crotch thrusting song, isn't it? You're being but the lyric, very kind to it. I, think. I I am being quite kind to it. I mean, it's but but it's it's the lyrics for me. It's <laughs> I'm the minister of rock and roll, highway to heaven, and your pot of gold. <laughs> I, I I did not need to hear those words <laughs> said in that order ever by anyone. It is fucking. I'm the minister of rock and roll. It's just it like it's so mighty boosh that in it. Yeah, yeah. It's like something that like Trey Parker and Matt Stone would come up with. I think it arguably gets worse when he says, "Come on and join the crowd." I'm a fire when you're feeling cold. <laughs> what a fucking nursery Terrible. rhyme! <laughs> like. The lyrics for this album were written in five minutes, right? Like, surely. Oh, oh. Oh, I mean, the next one, the classic, oh, I don't want to be a big rock star, which is the first time we hear that. And the lyrics, like, too much clothes, too much boot, too much clothes. What, you mean your scarf? Are you talking about your scarf? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be a star. And this sounds like, it does, I mean, the only thing is it, 
that makes me think, yeah, you don't want to be a star. That does sound like someone's attempt at ruining their own career, to be fair. Yeah, um, yeah. The, there's this, that... the second verse of this song. Too many distractions run through my brain. So many girls, they start to look the same. Too many options, no time to choose. Too many clothes, too many shoes. I've had the world, <laughs> I've done it upside down. I played the part and I've been the clown. Now it's my time. It's a brand new day to be myself in a different way. What a load of fucking bullshit. And not only Mate, is it... six months ago, you were stood fucking a guitar on top of a limo with Puff Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boo-hoo, I'm having a terrible time. Oh. The, that, so that kind boring. of Beatles, that Beatles meets Bowie bit in the middle. And Bizarre. It goes, I got... I got to meet all the wonderful people. I drank with Dylan. Boy, did we act the fool. I got to meet all the fabulous people. I got high with Jagger. It was really cool. See, I'm not being funny, but that sounds suspiciously like you do want to be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like you're going, oh, this is really great. Oh, no, it's hard being a rock star. It's really, yeah. it's not, it's not cool being a rock star. It's not impressive. Like, I just, I'm just a normal guy. I'll tell you what, though, me and Jagger. Jagger, <laughs> get, get fucked up and like fucking put all the girls don't we it's in the same song yeah it's a bit confused isn't it a confused narrative yeah uh corner angels not a cover of the ash album in full (laughs) but it certainly feels longer than that album doesn't it that song (laughs) (laughs) that is that is misery incarnate that song calling all angels i need you near to the ground i miss you dearly can you hear me on your cloud (laughs) can you hear me on your fucking cloud that's you want mate i'm on my cloud (laughs) (laughs) i come down to me i'm on my i can't hear you i'm on my cloud you can't hear you from down there mate i'm on my cloud uh i tell you mate red hot chili peppers red hot chili peppers wish they could write a song like california (laughs) don't they it is a song that you know halfway through saying the first syllable of the song Cali, you know what the whole song's going to sound like. You don't have to get to Fornia. You just say Cali and you go, okay, I know what that sounds like. I actually, I mean, I kind of like any of that. All those kind of California songs with their kind of summery summery melodies and their kind of piano-y, like that. It's got the hand claps and that kind of one piano note going all the way through it. And I think like, you know, it's been done a lot over the years that kind of like hey california's great and we're all really sexy and lovely and we have a good the best time and everyone's really nice and it's great and it's magical and i i find it quite hard to dislike completely dislike the majority of those songs but the lyric i miss the apple and my schoolyard boys nothing will ever compare but now i skateboard with my surfer girl and we really are a pair <laughs> pair of wallies fucking hell <laughs> I, 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 I miss the apple <laughs> don't get apples in california well, don't worry i've got a girl who who surfs so i don't need my five a day anymore i'll get an orange fuck it fuck well, you're it. in california there's fucking yeah, loads of california. oranges in california exactly um, I mean, it's bad. It's bad. Well, every all of the lyrics just feel like. I mean, I don't think you know, Lenny Kravitz has he ever been an amazing lyric writer? I don't think so. But they all feel like they were just tossed off in an afternoon. You know, just like literally first draft. That'll do. It's just absolutely rubbish. But the thing is, is you hone in on the lyrics quite a lot because there's so little else going on that your mind wanders from the music to the lyrics and then you hear the awful lyrics and you're like oh my god this is tepid shit 
Yeah. Horrible. Do you want to talk about Sister My Lover? Ugh, I'm not sure if I do. Um... <laughs> it's an attempt at a sort of funk thing. It's objectively very bad. Uh, when I get up, and it's got you... the back. Tell you what I hate about this song the backing vocals. Mm. I hate the. It's like when I get up in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when I get up, oh, yeah, I get it's up. This guy yeah, again. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is like. Um, that fucking backing vocal thing where people just say what's just said but go you know like I'm up in a I got my lover oh yeah he's got a lover <laughs> and I love and I love her he's just said he loves her and I'm inclined to agree like, you know what I mean? it's so it's so so mighty boosh it's so flight of the concord I mean just listen to Terence Trent Darby if you want to listen to this sort of thing just listen to Terence Trent Darby it's available to listen to. listen to that you don't need Lenny Kravitz doing that I mean, you just don't. You really um, don't need a song that has the words sister, mama, and lover all put together as one word for the title. I mean, yeah. sister or mama and lover are words that should never be in the same sentence, let alone a title. No, no, no. Awful. No. Who, who are you? Fuck, are you fucking David Koresh or something? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, <laughs> it's bad. Where are we running? Goes back to the old California thing, doesn't it? Not yeah, as good. Yeah. Backing vocals again. Ooh, we are. Woo, yeah. wow. Woo, backing vocals. No, I mean. There, there's a little kind of. Um, almost as annoying as, as the Crazy Frog, the backing vocals on that song. <laughs> I mean, not quite as annoying, but almost. Yeah, it sometimes feels like he's going for this evangelical gospel thing, which is almost yes. always like a really uplifting, great thing. And yet he manages to fuck it up royally on this. Well. Uh, the, the 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 one way brings in the gospel choir where I was like, of course you're going to bring in the gospel choir here. Yeah. Is baptized. Yeah, the title. Course, yeah, well, it's yeah. not the title track, but close enough again, isn't it? It's close enough. Yeah. I don't want to look around and be turned to stone. That's the first line on that song. I some context, please, yeah. Lenny, like, <laughs> yeah. for that. If it were called Medusa, then that yeah. would work. But no stone turning in baptisms. I mean, you know boring aor shite that is yeah uh, flash sounds like a cover of brown sugar and i am the resurrection and suffragette city all being played at the same time at the start <laughs> and then just gets really boring um and yeah it was when it got to like what did i do with my life when i realized that it was going to be like oh so we are literally going to go like rubbing my dick to crying <laughs> from song to song yeah pretty much the yeah. kind of you know jaunty rocky one then sappy ballad yeah. and that's one of the worst the smart the sax at the end is a joke yeah south park sax i've written and him going <laughs> what did i do what did i do with my life what did i do <laughs> what did i do like <laughs> that's exactly it, is, it. It's, it's fucking, fucking awful crap what it did is I crap do? What did I? What did I do? <laughs> what did I do? 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 Like, you know what you did? You made an album. Unless you've just watched that video you did with Puff Daddy. It's like him flicking through the book of photos that he's doing. It's my face again. What did I do this for? Who wants this? Um, Storm. After that, sounds much better. Quite a good beat. Granddad, uh, the riffs fairly subtle as the piano. It's not that inspiring, but it's not particularly broken. That and then Jay Z turns up. You go like, "Hey, look, it's Jay Z! Great! 
Oh, he's absolutely phoning it in. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. absolutely phoned that in. Yeah. I think Lenny, Lenny Kravitz went round his house really early and just sort of like <laughs> went into his bedroom and was like, Jay, Jay, Sean, can I call you Sean? <laughs> Sorry, you know, you, you know I was on your album? Yeah. Can you be on my album? <laughs> what? Mate, it's fucking 7am. <laughs> oh, mate, go on, be on my album. All right, when are we going to do it? Well, I've got the record, I've got the thing here. Just... And, he, and Jay Z's like, right, go on, press record then. And he's like, oh, yeah, Jay Z, oh, yeah, Lenny Kravitz. All right, now get out of my house. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, thanks, Jay. See you later. He sounds, very, he sounds very camp, your version of Lenny Kravitz. Well, that's, right. that. that's fine no it's no problem at all it's just not how i imagined him but that's fine that's good <laughs> uh it's very yes i i believe that is uh, a very accurate um recreation of how how lenny kravitz asked jay-z to be on this record um i i thought storm was um yeah terrible it, di- it did start out relatively promisingly but then mm-hmm. but yeah the, i don't think the jay-z thing works i just think it's rubbish yeah, it kind of is. Um, get a inevitably get a slow a slow one after that. Mm-hmm. Got some fairly nice strings on that. But for fuck's sake, depressing as fuck. It's like, oh, where are my kids? Where's my wife? Oh, why am I so alone? Oh. Here's the lyrics. I'm internationally alone with platinum and gold. I've got millions sold. But after the party, I'm left standing in the cold. Go inside then. <laughs> I would like to be a simple man. I'd buy me a farm and live off the land. Could a wife and some children be better than being in a band? It depends what band and what wife, doesn't it? <laughs> and, what kids. And, and what kids. If it's uh, Damien from The Omen and Lorena Bobbitt and you could be in Tool, I'd probably still be in Tool or Faith No More. I'd probably be in Faith No More. Right. But if you're wife and child are well any wife and child but you're going to be in wargasm go with the wife and child mm, yeah so you know lenny that's very easily answered isn't it yeah yeah very easy. um i i'd buy me a, i like the idea that he thinks he can't afford a farm <laughs> like you can afford a farm mate if you want a farm go and get a fucking farm can you imagine lenny kravitz mucking out cows or pigs like i just don't think it's gonna happen is it like it doesn't sound like the sort of thing <laughs> he would regret that massively it would make a good channel five documentary he get <laughs> lenny kravitz buys a farm him lionel blair god rest his soul and rebecca Luz and bez <laughs> like <laughs> that would be very good shearing sheep <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call it fly away open brackets to a farm close brackets with Lenny Kravitz are you gonna go um, my way to the farm <laughs> today <laughs> um yeah <laughs> always on the tractor rather than always on the run uh cause I'm always on the tractor <laughs> oh yeah, we should. That doesn't that really work so much. We should, we should, we should say. Look, you said it, Lenny. You said you wanted to do it. We can get this funded. <laughs> get your big scarf. You're like, I've got fucking poops in the cow pat on my scarf. Don't wear leather trousers when you're shearing sheep. 
<laughs> no, not no. the thing to do. Anyway, Destiny's is the last song. It's like a little acoustic wet fart. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, rubbish. At the end of the record, yeah. This is not actually a badly produced or even badly written record, really. But what it is is a very. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't think it's badly badly written or badly produced i think it's boring like musically it is just like but i don't think there's anything on it where i'm like i mean no hold on there are quite a few things on it where i go what are you thinking yeah most of them are to do with the intention of lenny kravitz like you know boring middle of the road aor guitar rock summary kind of very very neutered california soft rock is not what i want to listen to but but equally, I don't think you listen to this and go, what a fucking musical abomination this is. No, I wouldn't say it's a musical abomination, but I mean, I do think that it's a lot of very half-assed ideas. And so, yeah, that's which, true. Which was particularly why I was like, not bad writing. I mean, I, I, it doesn't feel like there's a single concrete song on this entire record and there's no, 13, not really. attempt, 13 attempts at that you know <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean i think it's just it's okay so it's not an it's not an obnoxious it's not a, like an unbelievably bad record but what it is <laughs> is a very moany one and lenny kravitz comes across as a right grumpy goose <laughs> on most of it and he's bringing me down all the fucking time and it's definitely about him as well he's not in character unless the character he's written about happens to be a multi-platinum set rock star who parties with Mick Jagger hmm I wonder who that character is based on it does sound like him to be honest so you know uh, that's the big problem with this record it's just it's it's just it's fucking annoying to hear like a bloke who is on one hand telling you constantly how miserable he is and how terrible and how worthless his life has been and then 10 minutes later he's talking about i'm in california getting my willy sucked all the time yeah yeah it's just yeah i've got a, i've got a, a fucking truck of cocaine outside that's just been delivered for, to my mansion it's brilliant oh but it doesn't make me happy like, oh fuck <laughs> off fuck off it becomes um, very, very tiring very, very quickly. Um, very tiring, very and, quickly. And it really does get to the point where you are just counting off the songs, praying for it to end towards the... And, and yeah, not because... Uh, uh, pr- primarily just because it is extraordinarily boring and not particularly well put together. I don't think there's anything particularly offensive about this record. We're not getting into the offensive realms at all towards the... I mean, I suppose we have to say it's towards the top 20 now, really. Um, but it is incredibly dull and incredibly <laughs> wet. And it just seems like the sort of person who, you know, I the sort of person who wants to see the worst in everything. <laughs> you know, like you take, him, you take him to Alton Towers and they go, oh, the queues are long, aren't they? <laughs> That's all right, I'll go and get you a beer. Oh, but it's like oh, it's six pounds for a beer. Oh. Right. Still, it's a nice day. It was too hot. I think I was boy hoodie. I didn't realize it was gonna be fucking hell, mate. I've taken you to fucking Orton Towers. Oh no, you done his moan. He's basically just a grumpy teenager. Honestly. He is. 
He's a miserable prick. Yeah, he's a bit. And I'm like, mate, you are so miserable. You are so miserable on this record. And for what? Because you're going out with Nicole Kidman. Oh, poor you. Oh, God. She was really good hanging out with Jagger, but... (laughs) Come on. So we'll rank it in a minute. There's not really a lot to say about the aftermath, to be fair. Didn't really negatively affect his career particularly. I mean, on that tour, he he played Brixton Academy and sold it out. That's not too shabby. But, it, you know, it never became like a big deal like he was here in the UK. Uh, he was added as the main support to the Aerosmith 2005 tour. Again, which is, is really decent. The day before that headline tour was due to start, his father died. And he played the first show and broke the news to the audience on stage before stating that he was happy that his father was now in heaven. And he played the song Let Love Rule, which is another pretty good song in his memory. Um, he also, around that period, made a few guest appearances with Madonna. Coming out and playing guitar with Madonna. Hmm. It's all right. That's cool. Yeah. He played the Brazilian leg of 2007's Live Earth concert. He was... Um, there, the, the the bill for that lineup was Macy Gray, Lenny Kravitz, and the Rolling Stones. Oh wow, okay, just pretty good as well. Yeah, that's not bad. He's released a bunch of albums since then, but he's mostly known at this point, I think, really for having a big scarf, <laughs> isn't he? Really, uh, two thousand and twelve, it was where he just had a big scarf, just a picture of Lenny Kravitz. With a with a big scarf. Yeah, apparently so. Um, yeah, he has actually spoken about this uh, last year. Oh. On the 22nd of October, 2020. Okay. Lenny Kravitz on the big scarf. This is in Vulture magazine. It was cold. That's his... He says, okay, the scarf is big, but the internet has made the scarf enormous. <laughs> you look at some of those images and you're just like... Okay, guys, the scarf is three times bigger than it really is in the picture. But it was big and it was cold. <laughs> That's all he has to say for himself. Um, yeah, okay, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big scarf. It, it, it made me... I, I wasn't really aware of uh, the big scarf. Um <laughs> every time i look at it it looks like a human scarf has been put on a doll it's ridiculous i mean apparently it's become a halloween costume (laughs) i I cannot it is so big that's you what you are craving attention if you wear a scarf that big aren't you like surely so what is all this boo-hoo i'm famous he says he explained at the time that he lived in the bahamas and he wasn't used to the cold right where was he new york it looks new New york yeah yeah Yeah. it does get cold in new york well i mean you know that isn't a particularly hot take room for it does get cold (laughs) in new york and most people are more than aware of that so yes you're right it gets cold in new york um coldest i've ever been is in new york minus 18 degrees i think you probably didn't have a big enough scarf on no i didn't and i didn't have a big enough coat (laughs) i i started getting tiny 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 little icicles on my beard (laughs) 
Did you? Yeah, I've got a photo of it somewhere. Ah, <laughs> oh, that meant you were probably dribbling into your own beer <laughs> to get there. I think it would have been the the condensation from my breath. I'm not sure if condensation is oh, yeah. the right word yeah, yeah, to use. Yeah, this. Yeah, that'd be. Mm. Yeah, no. yeah. What, you yeah, want me like, to stop well, breathing? <laughs> the old condens- yeah, the old condensation <laughs> excuse, isn't it? Dribbly people like to make. And they dribble all over the place. <laughs> That's just condensation. No. You're dribbling. Like an old cat. Yeah. Like it's teeth taken out. Shall we rank the um, records? <laughs> yeah, shall we? Anyway, look, Lenny Kravitz has got a big scarf. It's none of your business, frankly. Um, <laughs> he's, he hates you for bringing it up. Okay. He seems fine. Um, I, I, did, I did. Really, I did. Let's, <laughs> whilst we were talking about the scarf, I did actually check um uh the last two dates that lenny kravitz played at uh brixton academy he only played one song from baptism and i think one of those dates was actually the tour for the record so that says quite a lot doesn't it yeah and he's kind of admitted in that interview in 2012 uh that we spoke about the scotsman that he was a bit like "Mm," kind of straight afterwards so he's obviously aware that this is not his best work and when you're lenny kravitz and it's not your best work oh bloody hell (laughs) It's really not your best, anybody's best work, is it? So we're really looking, I think, in the realms of boring. There is a whole yes. load of boring records from kind of Emerson, Lake and Palmer through to probably one more light by Linkin Park. Yeah, That kind of area. So we're looking at Linkin Park's one more light. Famous first words by Viva Brother. Razor Light by Razor Light. Rediscovered by Puddle of Mud. Look how fucking low that is in the chart. Mm-hmm. Dirty wa- Dirty Vegas with one. Streets of Sky by The Enemy. We Met at Sea by The Pigeon Detectives. And Emerson, Lake and Palmer's Love Beach. I would say... I mean, What There by Black Flag is fucking boring as well. But it seems mm-hmm. like that's sort of there for a slightly different reason. Um, and those albums are such a mush of nothing, aren't they? I mean, there's a few bits on... One More Light that I think is just... The thing about One More Light is is that its reputation um, as the album that, you know, where Chester Bennington kind of, you know, like we said at the time, it's looked at like some kind of poignant thing because of what happened to Chester Bennington straight afterwards when actually it's just a horrible bandwagon hopping piece of shit. So I think I'd probably have this record over that. Uh, Viva Brothers famous first words is again you know trying to hop on a bandwagon which left town I mean in this case fucking 15 years ago and is not just boring but actually kind of laughable mm-hmm. we've already said that Razorlight are kind of equally as paper thin and meaningless and empty and vacuous and vapid as much of this record probably slightly more annoying yeah. Puddle of Mud at least have um, some kind of uh, material to work with on its in its favour. But also, I obviously got much angrier at the idea of what they were doing, probably, than I did at this. The, yeah. You know, they um, really ruined some of that material. Well, not ruined. And then, and then you get to Dirty Vegas' One, which is an album of such monumental blandness that I don't even remember. No, I struggle like, to I've remember just, that one. I've just said 
the name of the record and I've already forgotten what it is. I think if I think so bland that record, it might be the most bland record I have ever heard. And it feels like the, that becomes the absolute zenith of this, the the, the kind of the, the point for me that I always look at that one and I go, that's the only album on this entire list that I have kind of no feelings about at all. None at Mm, all mm. because it's so boring. Um, and I would say that is this album is very very boring but one by Dirty Vegas doesn't even have enough personality to be annoyed that it's a rock star mm. uh, so yeah, what's better what's better or worse than that is it better that Lenny Kravitz is a sniveling little weasel <laughs> one minute and then you know wanging his ball bag in our face the next <laughs> on this ridiculous record or is it worse that Dirty Vegas is just like listening to paint dry? I'm not sure. Well, but that is broadly where I would kind of posit it. I'll remember the content on this record because of the moaning. And at least, like, it, it's laughably funny. I don't think, like, I mean, I think it's quite clear that Lenny Kravitz doesn't intend for these lyrics to be funny. But I actually can laugh at this album because of the just absolute crassness and ridiculousness of the lyrics, which is just so. But does cool. that put it above or below Dirty Vegas? In that uh, case? I I think it puts it. Um, I I think that means I prefer it to Dirty Vegas, uh, because Dirty Vegas I can't really get anything from at all. I mean, I was thinking you're actually you're actually um, you're actually uh, rewarding it for being bad. Yes, I suppose so. But um, I suppose we've re- rewarded, you know, the transformed man for being bad as well, because it's bad in such a kind. I don't think this is anywhere near the level no. of, of, of as much fun to laugh at as the transformed man is. But I think there is a tiny, teeny element of that. Um, and I think a placing around, you know, between 27 and 30. I'm just looking at... You know, Dirty Vegas, The Enemy, The Pigeon Detectives. I feel like if you played me a track randomly from one of those three albums, I would have a really tough time telling you which band it was. I mean, it would be a one in three guess, I feel like. Which one? Sorry, Dirty Vegas, The Enemy, and The Pigeon Detectives? Yeah, yeah, I feel like... Well, Dirty, I... Vegas, Dirty Vegas are like a dance band, so they wouldn't sound like... So you, they, they yeah, would stand... They would at least... You'd at least go, well, they're the band who are playing kind of Ibiza music as yeah. opposed to... Yeah, but the other two, The Enemy or The Pigeon Detectives... I wouldn't have a fucking clue. You could yeah. probably put in some of the. I might be able to tell Razorlight apart just because Johnny Burrell does have a bit of a like, <laughs> and he's really kind of. Whereas the other two are from up yeah. north, yeah. and they're like, oh god, it's my go. I like rock and roll, and Johnny but Johnny Vegas is like, oh, I was at the art school thing. Oh, oh, me and Kate Moss are a couple of guys. <laughs> like, um, yes, quite. Um, <laughs> Do you know what though? Actually, I'm looking at this now and I'm thinking Emerson, Lake, and Palmer love Beach. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like um, Baptism and Love Beach could be a pretty good pairing because there's a lot of very embarrassing sexual content on both of those records, and I almost feel like putting put, maybe putting uh, Lenny Kravitz 29 and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer 30, or or even 30. I I I think that as much as Love Beach is is fucking a lot of it is stupid. Yeah. Really stupid. And when they go proggy, it's like 
Well, I know this is what your fans want, but yeah. keep it as far away from me as humanly yeah. possible. Yeah. I would rather you like threw a pot of anthrax in my general direction than got me near that crap. But um, but I do feel like I like that album more than I like this one. I think because at do no too. point did I just want to like get wrap <laughs> Emerson, Lake, and Palmer in Lenny Kravitz's scarf and you know yeah. get them in a headlock and go stop fucking moaning. And it was rare- stop moaning. I don't. It was rarely boring, that record. I mean, it wasn't very long, if I recall, and it was often crap. Yeah. But I don't know if it was yeah, boring. It was I don't know if it was boring, whereas this is just yeah. boring. Oh, it's 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 so boring as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, and it, like every time he tries to, I think that's the thing is that not only are the songs boring, if they were love songs about, oh, I love you and in the world, great. They'd still be boring songs, but they're doubly boring to hear a boring song with someone going, oh God, I just looked at my bank account. I've got $17 million in there. Oh. Like, <laughs> like, what am I going to do with all that? Yeah. <laughs> like, much. I wish I could buy a farm. Farm would cost you about a million, mate. <laughs> Go and buy one. Fuck off then. If it's that shit. Oh, maybe I will. I'll tell you what. I'll just fucking thrust my crotch in your face for four minutes now. <laughs> and then I'll be sad again in a minute. You bloody fool. That's this record. Yeah. That is this record. Yeah. It's like you're going, oh, come on. It's all right. Don't worry. You're going out and Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah, I am, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking going to shag Nicole Kidman tonight. I fucking love it. I'm going to neck a big bottle of champagne. Come on. Yeah, have a nice time. Well, not really. I mean, like, it's actually, it's, it's not my, it's not helping my spiritual growth and well-being, is it? My, fuck, God's sake, you're exhausting, man. <laughs> oh, so where are we putting it, then? I think we can put it there. Yeah, Happy 30. To put it there. Okay, yeah. cool. Lenny Kravitz, in he goes, baptism. Uh, in between the pigeon detectives... Um, and Emerson, Emerson Lake, Lake Palmer. and Palmer. Lovely stuff. Right, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to pick something from the hat, Renfrey. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. God, I've got about nine in my hand at the moment. Oh, that's too many. That is, that is eight too many, isn't it? Here's one. What have we got? Oh, oh. <laughs> various artists. Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album. Oh. Ooh, that's I'm interesting. Not familiar with in any way at all, but yes, no, Star Wars. I mean, it's okay. This week was all right because it didn't take that much research. Just listened to the record and went, "You moany old prick," <laughs> and that was it. But I feel like if we're going to be talking about Star Wars, yeah, this could be a big. It's one. quite a lot. And again, the internet will come for us. I would imagine because you know what those nerds are like. Well, oh, one of them, aren't you? I'm. Like, oh no, they're not nerds. No, actually, we just we just really like science fiction. It's, oh, it's not science fiction. It's actually, it's an allegorical tale. Oh, fucking shut up! <laughs> fucking toys, mate. It's toys. Yeah. Well, there, there's a trailer for next week, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, more or less, what's going to be happening? Do, I think. do you like to you take toys really seriously? Do you? Oh, good. Yeah. It's just, just fucking kids. It's just a not as good version of Labyrinth. <laughs> set in a different place ah <laughs> oh, fine yeah good good yeah, i can't imagine robots. i can't imagine i'll enjoy that album uh but yeah i i like some star wars so yes um yeah. that makes if that makes me a nerd guilty 
It does make you a nerd. Okay, that's good. Right. Yeah. I'm happy. Do you like the fan, do you like the Phantom Menace? <coughs> that came out nine times the day it came out. Um no. Uh, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't Did you, don't did you watch like it, it? Did you watch it the day, day it came out? No. But I did see it uh at IMAX in America. Um I just happened to be <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to be in America at the time. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't fly to America to see it. I happened to be on holiday. On the Millennium um, Falcon. <laughs> The thing I remember the most, because I was in America, obviously, the kind of yeah. snacks that you get, I had like a full 12 inch pizza, like a cooked pizza. They were selling that at the snacks thing. It was it was ridiculous. You could like order a buffet and stuff. It was fucking absurd. Little aside, little aside about cinemas, going to cinema now. I hope people don't, this, this episode is over. Feel free to go if you'd <laughs> yeah. like, but we'll keep this a bit in. But feel free to stop listening if you're not interested in me going to cinema. Um, I got, because when I lived in Greenwich, there was an IMAX around the corner from me. Yeah. And I bought, uh, yeah, I know you know that, don't you? You went to the uh, Pizza Hut. What would do, I'd, I'd, I'd go to work, like because I, I had a full-time job, and Renfrey would get up at like, you know, two in the afternoon or whatever he did, and go like mosey on down to my house and sit in the Pizza Hut buffet for like three hours before we recorded the podcast. That was what you used to do, wasn't it? making all of that up, but sure. I, I've been to Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Pizza Hut. That's about that's about the the truth of the story. But sure, I've never spent three hours in there. I don't think <laughs> I did make most of that up. Most of it. Yeah. I, the the I truth being, I've been <laughs> I've been to Pizza Hut, and you went to that Pizza Hut with me as well. I walked past it once, and you were in there. Was I? What was that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm making it up. <laughs> Anyway, I don't have time to tell my story about the IMAX. Basically, you can get these tickets. You can go to like a VIP lounge at the IMAX. Half an hour before the film starts. And they go, you can eat what, and have as much drink as you want. Refillable drinks. Eat what you want. As much popcorn. Like, and I was like, oh, this sounds good. And they go, you got nachos and hot, like proper food and stuff. I got there. There was like some Doritos in a, in a pot. And some salsa just on the side. And it was like, well, have as much of that as you want. I was like... Well, none of it, obviously. It's been sitting there. <laughs> it's six o'clock at night. It's presumably been out since half nine yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, but all the pick and mix you want. And I went, well, that's quite good. Hmm. Went over just a box of Quality Street. Oh, that's not pick and mix. Just a box street. of Quality Have as many from this small box of Quality Street as you want. So I have paid an extra £20 to come here. And all you're telling me that all I'm getting, I'm getting some crisps, some quality street and refillable drink. To be fair to the refillable drink. And I can sit in this because it's the one in Greenwich or it's in Charlton, really. Because it's there. No one else is in there. So you basically sat in a cold room up above a cinema with some nachos in the corner. I don't feel like much of a fucking VIP. I wonder what Lenny Kravitz would have to say about that. He would probably he would probably go. Oh, I upgraded because I got so much money because I'm a rock star. And I was only for a few nachos, and now I feel like I'm not a normal part of functioning society. And I just wish that there was some more spiritual. And then the film would start, and the trades would come on, and he'd go, "I'm gonna have a fucking wanker, and I'm gonna burn fifty dollar bills, yeah!" And then the film would end, and he'd go, oh, "That wasn't really 
lived up to my expectations and I don't feel nourished as a human. Anyway, we have to go. Next week. <laughs> next week. Various artists. Christmas in the Stars. The Star Wars Christmas album is what we're going to be doing. Should be uh well at least less moany than that the, the absolute <laughs> minimum it should be is less moany i would imagine so we'll see you then thanks very much renfrey thank you steve see you next week <laughs>